Hello, this is Annie Catherine, host of the multi-award-winning podcast, Soulful Series. Thank you for joining me as I chat with award-winning authors who have written a memoir or nonfiction motivational book and have an uplifting message to share. Hi, everyone. I am here with Antonio Neves, author of Stop Living on Autopilot. Welcome, Antonio. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's a joy to be here with you. I am so excited to get started. Thank you for joining us. So what inspired you to write this lovely book? Well, believe it or not, I was living on autopilot like seven years ago. If you looked at the internet, I was living my best life ever. I was an author of three other books. I was traveling across the country and globe delivering keynote speeches and trainings. I was recently married. Uh, my wife and I had welcomed twins to our life. I mean, again, according to the internet, I was living my best life ever with the house with the white picket fence. But it's one of those reminders that sometimes the internet tells a story, but it can never tell the whole story. There are a lot of people who aren't as happy as they look on Instagram or as successful as they look on LinkedIn. And I was one of those people. I'd reached that interesting point in life where you did what you were supposed to do. You get the job, uh, you get the home, you get the mortgage, you get the wife, you get the kid, you do all these things, you check off all these boxes. But in many ways, you, you, you never really stop and ask yourself, is everything that I'm pursuing, is this what I want? And I had a bit of an existential crisis and I found myself, I stopped being bold. I stopped being uh, courageous and all that I did. And I think for a lot of people, what's scary is that sometimes our 70% can be just as good as someone else's 100%, which can be dangerous. So long story short, I reached a point where I gained a lot of weight from emotional eating, like 30 pounds of weight. I grew this big beard to hide it. I found myself phoning it in on stages, sometimes in front of thousands of people. My wife and I were struggling in our marriage, getting fired from multiple counselors. I was struggling to connect with my kids, all these different things. Again, the internet would never tell you. And I ended up developing a secret cigarette smoking habit to like shield myself from all this that I was going through. And one day I was secretly smoking a cigarette in an alley in Santa Monica, California. And what I perceived to be a homeless man came up to me and asked to bum a cigarette. I gave him a cigarette. We started talking like cigarette smokers do. He asked me why I was wearing this bright green gardening glove while I was smoking. And I told him, I was like, oh, my wife doesn't know that I smoke. I wear this green glove so she doesn't smell the stench. And at that moment, he said something that that changed everything for me. He said, hey, man, you need to figure that out. You probably can figure out what was in that blank. You need to figure that out. And that was a wake up moment for me to take accountability for my life once again, to stop coasting, to stop living on cruise control and to be accountable for all that I was and was not experiencing in my life. And that really changed things for me. And obviously things improved in my career, with my marriage, my kids etc. But I caught myself coasting, no longer being bold and courageous. Yeah, that's an that's interesting. That was a wake up call. And now you're sharing all your tips in your book on how not to live on autopilot because you've been through it. You were living it and then you had a wake up call. And that's what I love about the book. It's very easy. The format. Yeah. So talk about the format of it, why you chose the way you did to write it. Sure. Well, my background before I ever became an author and a speaker traveling across the globe, I spent over 12 years in New York City as a reporter and a correspondent for major television networks. So at the, at the core, I am a journalist. 
I am what you would call a professional question asker and I am a professional storyteller. And one thing I don't proclaim to have, you know, as a coach, as a speaker, as an author, one thing I don't proclaim to have are all of the answers. I'm a firm believer that everyone knows the answers to their most challenging situations. However, one thing that I do have and what the book specifically offers are a lot of powerful questions to help people really reflect and be honest with themselves about where they are or where they are not in life. So what you see in the book are, are lots of stories uh, to get folks to lean in, to pay attention, uh, and lots of powerful questions to get people to really reflect and make new decisions. You know, one of the questions I asked in the book was this, like, if your life was a movie and you're the lead character in the movie, what would the lead character start doing to turn things around. Yeah. If things weren't going good and your life was a movie, what would the lead character start doing to turn things around? Now, when yeah. we ask ourselves questions like that, when we can separate ourselves from the situation, all of a sudden we can get clarity and we can have answers in a way that we can't otherwise. It's the same way when I'm a coach sometimes, if someone's going through a challenging time, I will say to them, if a dear friend, someone that you absolutely loved, was going through the exact same thing that you're going through right now, what would you tell them to do? Once they get out of themselves and it's about someone someone else, they can easily answer the question. It's like, sometimes it's like trying to write your own bio. It's easier for me to write your bio than it is to, uh, to write my own bio. So this book is full of powerful stories that'll make you laugh, that'll make you cry. But more than anything, at the end of each chapter, you know, are four to five powerful questions to get you to take action, stop thinking and to take action. So I actually bookmarked in this book, the part where you talk about the movie genres and which would your life be. And I was thinking over mine and for the past couple of years, it's been action, but I really want my life to be about adventure. And I was thinking my life, it felt so boring. And you kind of, I think you talk about that a little bit too in that section about people's lives being boring. <laughs> yeah, you know, boring, it, 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 that's one way to put it because listen, as we get older, we get responsibilities. You can have a home you're responsible for. You maybe you're a caregiver for an older parent or you have children responsible for, you know, it can get rote. It can get to kind of day to day where, where not a lot is changing. So in the book, I invite people to look back, as you mentioned, over the last year of their life and ask themselves, how would they describe it? Would it be a uh, an action movie? Would it be a horror film? Would it be a romantic comedy? Would it be uh, a drama, you know, ups and downs and all that kind of stuff? And then I ask them to say, hey, well, what would you like moving forward? And like you, most people want to experience some type of adventure in their life. And when I say, you know, adventure, I'm not talking about quitting your job and, and, and moving to Bali and becoming an herbalist <laughs> or something like that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. We're talking about taking some risks in their lives. We're talking about finding the edge. We're talking about stretching ourselves a little bit. I'll give you a quick, quick, quick example of an adventure. Um, I live in Los Angeles, California, and an adventure for me of finding the edge of living an interesting life was going to a comedy show last week. I live in LA where there's amazing comedy, but I got into yeah. a routine where I'm winding down. I'm in the bed pretty much at the same time before 10 PM every single night. And I decided to stretch myself and drive and go to a comedy show that didn't start until nine 30. Everything <laughs> in my body was firing like nine 30. Who starts things that late at night? Uh, but I went and I had an amazing time and I felt alive and I'm so glad that I did it. So there are small things that we can do to get more adventure, more, more joy, uh, more excitement into our lives. 
Yeah, I like that you say it doesn't have to be a big thing because that's I think that's what people think. If it's an adventure, it's got to be grand. But even going out to eat with your spouse after nine o'clock <laughs> is an adventure. <laughs> so I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah, I think one of the ways to make that happen is ensuring that we don't go about doing these things alone. Uh, one thing I didn't mention in my, in my story earlier, when I found myself on autopilot, when I found myself on cruise control and, and coasting, is that I'd reached a point where I was isolating as well. I wasn't connecting with friends and community as much, you know, and limit loneliness is a real thing. When you look at the research, when you talk about depression, you know, loneliness is a key part of that. And one thing I know, and I, I talk about this in the book is that no one who has accomplished anything of significance did it alone and, and neither should any of us. So if we're going through a challenging time, if we want to experience more adventure, if we want to try something new, you know, the worst thing we can do is isolate and do it by ourselves. We have to pick up that phone. We have to join a group, a community, something to ensure that we're not doing things by ourselves. Yeah, I resonate with that as a writer, as an author. I resonate with that because that can get lonely at times. And you wrote a book, so you understand that, too. Now, you talk about the last reviewing the last 30 days of your life. I thought that was so interesting because you hear in interviews, if you went to a job interview, what do you want to do? What, what have you done in the past 10 years? What do you want to do in the past in the future five years? But this was reviewing the last 30 days. Can you talk about that? Sure. Yeah. A lot of our metrics these days are like five years out. Like, tell me, wh wh where do you see your life in five years? I'm like, I don't know what's happening in two weeks, yeah. let alone five years. A, a good friend of mine wrote a book and it's called In Five Years, You'll Be Wrong. Because right now, if you and I both look back to what was happening in five years and we said, hey, what are you going to be doing with your life in five years in the fall of 2022? I bet both of us probably wouldn't be saying, you know, what's happening right now in our lives. We, we'd be wrong. What I find about 30 days is that metric is accessible. It's doable. It's not overwhelming. You see, I'm a firm believer that, you know, our last 30 days, what happened in the last 30 days is a great indicator of where we are or where we are not heading in our lives. A great question we can ask ourselves is if you're employed is think about the last 30 days at work. And if your boss had to make a decision to rehire you, would they immediately say yes? Or would there be some hesitation? If there's some hesitation, maybe you're on autopilot a little bit. You happen to be in a relationship. You're married. You have a spouse or, or a partner. This is always a fun one. Based on the last 30 days, if that person had to make a decision to recommit to you or not, would they immediately say yes or would there be some hesitation? We can look at that from parenting to our finances to our health and fitness and beyond. You know, the cool thing about the last 30 days is it makes us focus on the behaviors we do on a daily basis as opposed to the end goal. You know, it's easy to say something like, you know what, I want to lose 25 pounds. But losing 25 pounds is overwhelming. For me, it's easier to say on a daily basis, I want to walk for 20 minutes and eat three healthy meals. So if I, if I focus on those things and I check those off each day, odds are I'm going to reach that end goal, but I'm not yeah. focusing on the end goal. I'm focusing on the daily behaviors, the daily processes that can lead to that. And it's much more manageable and it gives you an opportunity to reset. And what we're talking about is commitment. You know, we talk so much in society about commitment, but what I have to remind myself and what I remind readers to stop living on autopilot is commitment is not a one-time thing. Yeah. We have to recommit every single day to what we say is most important in our career, in our relationships, with our health, fitness, finances, and beyond.
Yes. Yes. That is such good advice. The other thing that resonated with me is like getting back, like people are like, I miss the old me. And I, I was, whoa, yes. Can you talk about that too? <laughs> well, yeah, we always hear this refrain. I miss the old days. That's what we always hear. I miss the old days. So there was this article in the New York times back in 2016 and it just stopped yeah. me in my tracks. These two business owners that started a company in New York city in the late 1990s were being interviewed. And they're talking about one of them, about how different New York City was in the 1990s, which is very different than it is today. Yeah. And at some point, uh, one of these uh, co-founders of the business said, I really miss the old New York, referencing what it was like in the 1990s. But his business partner corrected him. He said, you don't miss the old New York. What you miss is the old you. How you showed up during that time. So. When we hear people say things like, I miss the old days, I miss college, I wish my old, I miss my old job, et cetera. What they're really saying is they miss how they showed up back then. Yeah. Maybe the optimism they had in life, maybe the excitement they showed up with, maybe the commitment, maybe the dreams they still had inside of them, right? And so at some point, all those things got weathered, they got beat up and we stopped dreaming. But then something slowly but surely happens. We can find ourselves on autopilot and that person gets further and further away from us. And that person is still there. It may be trapped under a whole bunch of different responsibilities and fatigued and all these other things. However, it's still there. And one thing the book does is it provides a variety of ways to identify that person again to ensure that our next 30 days are better than our last 30 days. And I just have to add real quick, like if someone's looking past, looking at their past 30 days and they don't like what they see, what I'm not saying is to beat yourself up, to be mad about that. That's all just data. That's all just information that we can act on to make better decisions moving forward. I'm a firm believer that we are third, just 30 days away from a, a better life, a better relationship, better health, better finances, better marriage, et cetera. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I resonated with that so much. I like how you're like, be courageous, be bold, get back to your dreams. You're the captain of your own life, basically. I love that message. So who will benefit most from your book? The person that, well, what's interesting about this book is that this book is for the person that on paper, they're doing good. Like this is probably the person that the friends aren't worried about them. They're not asking about them. Oh, this person has a good job. They're in a, in a great relationship. Maybe they have kids uh, on paper. Everything is good for them. And so because of that, they're not the person that's going to complain. Or if they do complain, someone is saying, who are you to complain? Things are looking good for you, blah, blah, blah. So it's for that person who kind of suffers a bit in silence in many ways. But if you at some point have felt stuck, you felt stuck for a really long time in, in your career, where you are in life right now, this book is for you. If you are someone that has been so good at putting everyone else before you, your, your job, your partner, your kids, et cetera, and it's time to put more emphasis, more, more, uh, more emphasis on you and what you want to do, this book is for you. If you are that person that have found yourself saying, if someone says, Hey, how are you doing? And you say, you know, just figuring things out. If you've been figuring things out for a really, really long time, this book is for you. More than anything, this book is for that person that has found themselves again, coasting on cruise control. And they wonder, they truly wonder if the best thing to happen to them is ahead of them or behind them. 
The best days are behind them. So if they want to ensure that their best days are ahead of them instead of behind them. This book 100% is for that man or for that woman. That sounds like it resonate will resonate with a lot of people. Like I feel like this book is for almost everyone. <laughs> it It is because, you know, again, it's one of those books that, one thing about this book that's unique, I think a lot of people appreciate and, and it's doing well across the globe. I mean, it's published right now in Poland, it's in Croatia, it's in Serbia, a whole bunch of other countries where it's doing great. I got to say one thing that's unique about this book is that it's direct. It is a direct, very clear book. I'm a firm believer that, that what most of us don't need is another pat on the back. Like we get a lot of pats on the back from society and from social media with likes and hearts and retweets and all those things and, and views. Those things are cool. Don't get me wrong. But this book is written from the perspective when that real friend that you have, that friend that truly, truly cares about you, that knows you for a long time, that's going to look you in the eyes and tell you the truth. And it may not be easy to hear, but they're saying something to you because they 100% love you. And they want the best of you. So what they say may sting a little bit, but sometimes when something stings, that means you're striking a nerve. It's getting your attention. You know, this book, people will say things like, oh, don't worry. It's never too late. But this book is the book that says, indeed, it may never be too late. And there's always an and, and the longer you wait, the harder it's going to get. This is the book. When people and things don't work out in your favor, when friends with all good intentions say things like, well, you know, well, maybe it wasn't meant to be. This is the book that says, well, maybe was it not meant to be or did you give up? Did you not commit? Did you not keep showing up? Right. So this book is definitely a, it's a breath of fresh air, but it's direct. Uh, it's, it's lovingly, again, lovingly confronting. It's going to make you challenge yourself, your thoughts and all those things. So you can get, uh, you know, some, uh, you know, some clarity to move forward the direction you want to go. Yeah. Yeah. I got that from this book. That's wonderful. So if you could say one or two things that you want readers to take away from the book, what would it be? Well, first and foremost, I want people to know that no one, this is tough, but this is the truth. I've had to accept this in my life that, that, that no one owes you anything but you owe yourself absolutely everything when it comes to the dreams, when it comes to those things that we say are so important, et cetera, we have to remember that no one owes us anything, but we owe ourselves absolutely everything. I want the people to know that no matter where you stand today, I don't, I don't care where you are, no matter where you stand today, I want people to know that their story is not over yet. As long as you wake up, as long as you're breathing, as long as you're here, your story is not over yet. And again, I'm a firm believer that when we work and believe that the best is ahead, so many amazing things can happen. Most people just believe that the best is ahead. And, and faith is an amazing thing. I am a person of faith. But faith without action basically is a fairy tale. We have to have faith but put really clear intentions and action behind it. And something I mentioned earlier that's really critical, and that's no one who has accomplished anything of significance did it alone, and neither should you. It is critical to find your allies, those people who support you, who encourage you, who inspire you, who challenge you and push you to be the best version of yourself. There is a whole chapter in this book that talks about 
what you can do to build your team. If you're saying right now, I hear you, but I don't have those people in my life. There's a chapter that teaches you how to identify them and find them. So those are the key things that I would in, invite people to, to read the book for. Yes, those are very powerful messages. And I thank you for sharing that. So where can readers find more about you and your work? Sure. Uh, just type in the letter A in Google and my name will, no, just kidding. Uh, I wish you could just type in the letter A and my name would come up, Antonio Neves. Uh, everything is theantonioneves.com. Theantonioneves.com for everything about my, my book, my podcast, me on social media, uh, my handle on, on Instagram, LinkedIn, et cetera, is theantonioneves.com. Okay, great. And where can every everyone find your amazing book? Thank you for saying it's amazing. That book is available everywhere books are sold. And if you're listening to this in Croatia, you can buy it there. If you're listening to this in Serbia, you can buy it there. If you're listening to this in Poland, you can get it there. And really, really soon, it's a whole bunch of, it's going to be in a whole bunch of other places as well. Wow. That's a Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me this morning. It was a very profound talk and I wish you the best in your future endeavors. This uh, great things are coming your way. The best oh, is I, yet to come. <laughs> I appreciate that. And listen, one day I'm going to have an amazing backdrop like you with my books color coordinated and I'm going to feel amazing <laughs> when that happens. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for listening. Soulful Series is hosted by me, Annie Catherine. Soulful Series is a Vienna Studios production produced by Vanessa Ferlano. Music by Vanessa Ferlano. Catch you next time. Part of the ACAST community.